Carolina rolls into Greenville, North Carolina this weekend to take on the East Carolina Pirates for what in, in many ways will be a pivotal week two matchup for the Gamecocks. Hello and welcome into another episode of the Pascal Gamecock Podcast. My name is Chris Pascal and we are back. You are back. I am back. Well, I hope you're back. I know I'm back. Um, you know, the first thing they tell you when you're starting up a podcast is to post on a regular schedule. And, um, I of course have not done that, but if you're tuning into this episode, truly appreciate it. Uh, whether it be Bluffton, Lawrence, wherever you may be, I thank you for tuning in. Today's episode is all about East Carolina. And I'm going to give you three reasons why this game in a lot of ways scares me is too strong of a way to put it, but, but concerns me. And then I'm going to give you uh, my official prediction at the end. So let's dive into this. Number one reason why East Carolina concerns me as we head into this week two matchup is the history, the history of East Carolina football and, and what it does against power five teams, not only uh, in, in North Carolina, but in the Carolinas and, and also kind of at large. East Carolina has a history of upsetting teams, whether it be Virginia Tech, Syracuse. They they upset Miami twice, actually, back in 2007, I believe it was, 2006-2007, upset number eight, West Virginia, who had Pat White at quarterback, Newell Devine at running back, top 10 team, came into Greenville, North Carolina, and in East Carolina just beat them up. They've beaten Carolina before. So th- this is a team that has a history of upsetting teams, but but the two teams I want to talk about the most in terms of the history that East Carolina has with them is North Carolina and North Carolina State. Because the way they gear up for both North Carolina and NC State are the w- is the way I think they're going to gear up for South Carolina on September 11th. So let's talk about North Carolina first. East Carolina has won the last three matchups against North Carolina, including a 70-41 to beatdown in 2014 and a 41-19 beatdown in 2018. And if you look at what that, that 2018 win was, that was not a special East Carolina team, and it was not a special North Carolina team. And in fact, going into that game, both teams had had disappointing losses. I forget who North Carolina had lost to, but East Carolina had lost to North Carolina A&T, an FCS team, the week before. So think about this. They lose to North Carolina A&T week one, and then here comes the North Carolina Tar Heels. And they had two options. Either lay down, roll over, give up, or play their best football against the flagship university of the state of North Carolina. I want you to see what the parallels for that 2018 matchup are to this matchup. Because I see a lot of people either on Twitter, Gamecock Central, wherever you may be posting your thoughts about this Carolina, East Carolina matchup. Like, oh, well, they got beat up by Appalachian State. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Well, no, they got beat up by Appalachian State. We should be able to handle them. Well, they got beat up by North Carolina A&T, or maybe it was North Carolina Central. Either way, it was an FCS team in 2018. They lost to North Carolina A&T 
in 2018 to start off the season. Here comes North Carolina, a lot better than North Carolina A&T, and East Carolina took him to the woodshed, 41-19. So, so history has proven, don't look at the week one, look at the present. Look at who's coming in to East Carolina, who's coming into Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Then you got the NC State series. NC State is only 18 and 13 over East Carolina. That's a legitimate rivalry. You know, the North Carolina game, a lot, I think 2007 was the first time in decades that North Carolina had scheduled East Carolina and maybe the first time ever they had gone to East Carolina and ended in, in an ECU victory over North Carolina. That was Butch Davis's first year. Actually, watched that game. That was a, that was a great game. But NC State, East Carolina is a legitimate series, a legitimate rivalry. And it's a close series, hard-fought series. There's been some overtime games. So East Carolina, not only do you have the Virginia Tech upset, not only do you have the Miami upsets, not only do you have West Virginia in 2007, 2008, whatever it was, when they beat number eight West Virginia, not only do they have that in in their history, but they've played Carolina... Power five football before against North Carolina, NC State, and against South Carolina. And if you look at, I was telling somebody on the on Gamecock Central a couple of days ago, but if you look at the atmosphere for that 2014 North Carolina game, it was at East Carolina. So North Carolina was at East Carolina in 2014. And there's a video, a YouTube video you can find of on the field, field level footage. That place is rocking. This is not going into Vanderbilt. This is not going into Wake Forest. This is a legitimate home field advantage, a home field atmosphere for East Carolina. And when they have the big boys coming into town, they get fired up. But not only that, but you look at what their current roster has. I went through on ESPN, who knows if it's accurate, I mean, ESPN doesn't even have a college football tab on their website, so who knows how much they they keep up with this stuff. But I was looking at what they provided as East Carolina's current roster, 2021 football roster. And I went through and I just started counting by hand, and I started to realize that was a huge mistake. But I counted between the states of North Carolina and South Carolina, 69 players on East Carolina's football roster. And of those 69 players, 10 of them are from South Carolina. Of those close to 70 players on East Carolina's roster from the Carolinas, I bet if you asked any of those 69 guys, to be honest, raise your hand if you had a committable offer from South Carolina, a handful, if that, maybe none, would raise their hand. And it's something I talked about in a post that I did for Gamecock Central. When App State came into Williamsburg Stadium in 2019, Eli Drinkwitz in the locker room looked at the App State team and said, raise your hand if you had an offer from Carolina. And I think the story goes two guys raised their hand and he looked at one of them and said, no, yours doesn't count. Once you broke your leg, they pulled your offer. So that team, that team didn't have any Carolina offers on their team. And it meant something to them. I mean, you were in that, if you were in that stadium, and if you were in williams Price 2019, as I was for that App State-South Carolina game, not only did the players want it, the fans wanted it. 
I mean, he traveled like an SEC team. I mean, Clemson's traveled better than I've seen, you know, obviously it's a rivalry game and it's in-state. But besides Clemson, App State sent probably the most, maybe maybe Georgia 2018. But App State sent the most player or the most fans or at least as many as any other SEC school I'd seen. So we have a history of this, not only a history of of a roster that doesn't have guys who are offered by Carolina who are from the Carolinas coming in or and playing South Carolina, but we also see the history that East Carolina has against North Carolina, against NC State, and 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 for all intents and purposes, South Carolina is on the same level as North Carolina and NC State in terms of how bad this fan base wants it how bad this roster is going to want it for East Carolina. So number one, that's the one reason I feel a little uneasy is, is, is the history East Carolina has. Number two reason I'm feeling a little uneasy is people point to that app state game. East Carolina had last week, that Thursday night kickoff in uh, Charlotte, right? Well, app state was up 33 to nine at one point. Yeah. Well, app state's a good football program. App state is a, well-oiled machine at this point. They've had three coaches in the last six seasons. Here's what the last six seasons were. 11-2, 10-3, 9-4, 11-2, 13-1, Again, 11-2, 10-3, 9-4, 11-2, I don't care if you're playing Sunbelt. I don't care if you're playing the SoCon. I don't care if you're playing the SEC. That is a good football program. So, of course, App State has the tradition, has the mindset, has the infrastructure set up so that when they come up and play East Carolina, who East Carolina viewed them as a big opponent, guess what? App State also viewed them as a big opponent, and they took care of business. They don't lose a lot of games that they shouldn't. So when when people turn around, they're like, oh, well, look, App State was up 33-9 to at one point, and yeah, they gave up 10 points uh, kind of in garbage time. Oh, even in garbage time, they gave up 10 points. They still won by two touchdowns. Yeah, well, App State's a great football team. App State's got what it takes to beat opponents that they are supposed to beat. That's not something that Carolina can say. So that brings me to the third reason. Third reason why I'm nervous is because we should beat East Carolina like a rented mule. One of my, I forget who's, who, what announcer says that. I think it's, the, forget, I'm blanking on his name, but he's the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, uh, radio guy. Beat him like a rented mule. Carolina should beat East Carolina like a rented mule. They got the better roster. They got five stars on this roster. Got four stars on this roster. You got blue chip recruits. You got an SEC weight staff training staff, facility. But guess what? Carolina had a better roster than App State. We've already talked about how that went. Carolina consistently has a better roster than Kentucky. And we know how that went. And it's currently going. So, not only do we have the better roster, but our strength should be the lines of scrimmages where East Carolina's weak. I mean, you saw App State just blow them off the ball. Get after the quarterback. Our receivers are starting to look confident and competent. 
You have a good stable of running backs. Even if Kevin Harris isn't good to go, which it's looking like he is, still have a great stable of running backs. Our defensive backs are playing better. So all those things point towards, oh, well, Carolina should whip up on East Carolina. But where is this mindset? Where is the Carolina mindset? App State had the mindset. Hey, this is East Carolina. This is Western North Carolina versus Eastern North Carolina. This is Lexington-style barbecue versus whole hog barbecue. This is our way of life versus their way of life. Let's go out there, play a complete game, take them seriously, take care of business, and win 33-19. Head back to Boone, get ready for Miami. Where's our mindset? Because under Will Muschamp, you never knew. They're going to go out there and play hard against a Georgia team and upset them in Athens, or are they going to lay an egg against App State? Right now, the Carolina team is saying the right things. I think it was Brad Johnson said, every game's our Super Bowl. Well, good, because this is, this is definitely East Carolina Super Bowl, so you better take it just as seriously, if not more. Beamer seems locked in. I'm, I think it was Satterfield that said this this is going to be a hell of a test. This is the the one of the toughest games on our schedule. So it looks like the mindset's in the right spot. But it's those three things. It's the history East Carolina has against playing Carolina um, or, or, or power five teams in the Carolinas, how they view that game, how they want to upset them, how they, how they love hosting these types of teams in their stadium, a loud atmosphere, a loud stadium. Number two, the fact that App State beat them pretty handedly last week. So, of course, fans are going, well, if App State did it, we can do it. Well, not so fast in the words of Lee Corso. And then number three, the fact we should beat them. You know, I'm just making fun of fans being like, well, App State beat them, we should beat them. But I'm over here saying we should beat them too. It's all about what is that, 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 frame of mind that Carolina has heading into Greenville. So with all that being said, I'm going to give you a prediction, but before the prediction, I'm going to throw out our sponsor for this podcast who, you know, obviously he, he either doesn't tune in himself or he just doesn't care, but you know, not once in this little month hiatus did Brent Skinner text me and book, Hey man, uh, what's going on here? But uh, Brent Skinner, BP Skinner Clothiers, is the official, as as far as I know, is the official sponsor of the Pascal Gamecock podcast. Love going in the store. I was just over there last week, talking shop, seeing what kind of things they have coming in for the the fall line. I w- went over there and they have um, a, a garnet colored Gamecock themed polo that looks great. You can wear on game days. They also have a pullover that you can get when it starts to get a little chilly. Of course, they also have the the custom suits. All my suits I, I have are from BP Skinner. Got tuxedos. You can get sneakers. I mean, basically anything you need men's clothing-wise, you need to go to BP Skinner. Located in the Vista, but they also have a great website. So um, BP Skinner, as of now, the official sponsor of the Pascal Gamecock Podcast. All right, let's get into the prediction. We don't have we have one game in the in the in the Beamer era, and it was Eastern Illinois. And as bad as East Carolina has been in the past couple of years, East Carolina is better 
than Eastern Illinois. And East Carolina is definitely better than Eastern Illinois at home in Greenville, North Carolina, hosting an SEC team. But that being said, at this point, I don't have a reason not to trust this staff. At this point, I'm going to trust the Shane Beamer coaching staff, the Shane Beamer culture. Biggest thing is, 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 can you handle adversity? There hasn't been any adversity yet. When you run out onto that field, East Carolina, in that first half, maybe even the first quarter, maybe even the first couple drives, they're going to throw a haymaker. Whether it's a triple reverse pass, a flea flicker, kickoff return for a touchdown, big hit, whatever it is, they're going to throw a haymaker. How do you respond to that? Do they revert back to, man, I don't, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I'm just going to look out for myself. Or do they stay as a team, weather the storm, and then handle business? If I'm Carolina, I turn around and I hand that ball off 40-plus times. I take it to East Carolina. No such thing as a third down and long. Don't let a mistake in the passing game keep East Carolina in this game. The offseason I talked about being aggressive in the vertical passing game and that if you throw interceptions as a byproduct of that, then so be it but not in the East Carolina game. You do that against Georgia. You challenge Georgia. You challenge A&M. You challenge Auburn. You challenge Clemson. You challenge Florida. Because guess what? You played conservative against those teams in the past, and they've beaten you. Get aggressive in those games. But East Carolina, I know the weather's supposed to look pretty good for for a noon kickoff in in the flat plains of eastern North Carolina. But it's still going to be hot. The sun's still going to be beaten down. If I'm South Carolina, I turn that ball, or I turn around and I hand that ball off 40-plus times. One of our, our friends of Front Porch Football and and friends of uh, the Pascal brothers, Doug McDougal, he, he was saying that over the summer. Turn that ball, or turn around hand that ball off. I hand it off 40-plus times. I give it to Juju McDowell. I give it to Marshawn Lloyd. If Kevin Harris is ready, I give it to him. Give it to Zaquandre White. Give it to Jaheim Bell. I wear East Carolina out. By the fourth quarter, they're turning around, tapping their helmet, saying, get me out of this game. I don't want to get hit anymore. I don't want to get blocked anymore. You don't You don't allow the passing game. You don't allow mistakes in the passing game. You don't allow sacks. You don't allow interceptions to keep East Carolina in this game. Because, yeah, if things go well, you could have a, a big-time eye-bulging, eye win of like 56 to three. But guess what? You could also run the risk of keeping East Carolina in this game way later than they should be. If you're playing East Carolina and you're Shane Beamer, you break their soul on offense and you get after the butt on defense. Think Carolina has the personnel. Think they have the mindset to have a comfortable win in East Carolina. But like I said, the second part's crucial. You have to be focused and you have to handle that first haymaker that East Carolina has dialed up. And that's the key thing. They're going to be focused. They're going to be ready. They're going to be excited. They're not overlooking East Carolina. It's when they throw that ha- that haymaker and Dowdy Ficklin's going crazy and East Carolina's players are talking trash. Can you get back up, stay focused, and do what you need to do to play South Carolina football, to play SEC football against East Carolina? If they can do it. I see a late Carolina touchdown to blow this thing open. Got a final score of Carolina 28, East Carolina 10. So that's 
my breakdown of East Carolina, keeping it under 20 minutes for you guys as we head into a uh, the first podcast heading into the season. Hopefully going to do a lot more of these, hopefully do some recaps, maybe some more um, posts heading into into games, maybe two posts uh, two posts a week, two uh, podcasts a week. So look out for some more. Obviously, I, like I said, I apologize for not for not posting as regularly as I should be, but hopefully this will get us back on track. And I really appreciate you listening wherever you're listening. And um, hope you have a great week and forever to thee.